All right, friends, we are back. Let's continue our chat with one of the chief engineers from Algo Project, my buddy Lee Y. Sun. So, Lee, you were talking about how we should think about Algo's mindset. Yeah, man. If mindset is even the right word, I don't know. But, um, okay, let me ask you this, my dude. You remember Peter Thiel, right? Sure, one of the Valley Originals. Um, I've had him on the show a bunch of times. Yeah, great guy. Anyway, so he used to always talk about being contrarian. That is to say, right, that there is an opportunity in the opposite. Don't just learn the lessons of everybody else. Dude, is that your way of telling us that Algo thinks for itself? I will I'm say I'm, I'm, I'm not a philosopher. I'm just saying Algo doesn't follow the crowd. Oh, man, you say that, but I'm going to have to noodle on that one, man. Now, let me ask you one more question. Welcome to Algo 2032, a story of the year AI runs for president. This series is an audio drama based on the book, 2032, The Year AI Runs for President by Keir Newton. Each episode will be released mirroring a chapter from the book. This is part six, The Car. There was little to no traffic as I left Jamin and Algo's party on Yerba Buena Island. That was no surprise, though. It was stupidly late after all. Sane people were already tucked away in their beds. I would have liked nothing more than to head back to the Russ and sleep myself. But now I wanted to see Keo more than ever. Jamin had said she was actively working against Algo. I had to find out why. I knew Keo had no love for Jamin, but the idea of her actively working against Algo sounded ludicrous. Keo had always been one of AI's true believers. I was also equally eager to hear what she might think about Algo after my little chat with the AI in the elevator. I have no reason to lie, Isaac, is what the AI had said. It wasn't an answer, it was a deflection. Did that mean Algo could lie? or maybe evade or obfuscate at the very least? Had Jamin programmed that ability? Surely he would have needed to be able to trust Algo. On the other hand, if Algo was going to be a politician, maybe the ability to lie simply came with the territory. A more tantalizing possibility was that the AI had not been given such a skill, but that it had developed it on its own. I was less concerned by the potential deception so much as I was intrigued by how Algo could possess such a skill. Then there was the revelation that the AI itself might have actually invited me to its own campaign party. Had I been wrong about Algo? Was this machine far more capable than I'd given it credit? What I'd seen tonight had definitely raised a lot of questions. I couldn't wait to talk to Keo about all of it. My driverless car glided down Fremont Street. Keo's place was in Pacific Heights. It would have been faster to go directly through the Tenderloin, but I knew that these rideshares had been programmed to avoid the area in the last couple of years. I wasn't too annoyed, though. With no other cars on the road, this way would be fast enough. I checked the news on my smart palm. The East Coast was just waking up, and the headlines were filled with the update Jamin had shared earlier. Oregon and Minnesota had just moved into Algo's column, 
and the national polls were predicting almost an exact three-way tie between Algo, Trump Jr., and President AOC in the popular vote. Regardless, it was the way the Electoral College might fall that made the election especially interesting and hard to predict. There was no regular red-blue schism, like a normal election. There hadn't been a three-way race like this in decades. Demographics were also difficult to read. Algo's appeal wasn't restricted to just the big cities or the coasts. Even age, race, gender, or identity weren't the dominant factors in predicting the AI's support as expected. Folks who spoke NASDAQ definitely made up Algo's base. But there were a fair few folks who spoke NASCAR who found the AI appealing too. The whole election was confounding the pundits and pollsters. This election was being more closely followed than any other in decades. Some folks were predicting voter turnout might hit 80%. Not one major news agency was willing to call the election one way or the other. This was going down to the wire. I paused on a story about the Algolites. I'd been too focused on reading up on Algo itself these last few weeks that I hadn't heard of them. It looked like a significant rump of Congress from both parties had put their support behind ALGO and promised to support it if the AI won the presidency. The article explained that these ALGOlites were supposedly worried that their parties had been taken over by the extremes and that ALGO was the best chance for a return to some kind of center. I wasn't so sure. I had a feeling they had simply seen the writing on the wall and were just saving their own necks by backing this new horse. Either way, it looked like Congress wouldn't be a blocker for the AI if it did win. I was jostled out of my news binge as we crossed the old streetcar tracks on Market Street. My driverless car then slowed, even though the two traffic lights ahead were green. Within a few seconds, it had stopped. I looked around confused. The street appeared empty of traffic, and the light remained green. Why the hell weren't we moving? There was a flash of movement from the darkness in front of us. I tried to make it out, but I couldn't see anything over all the car's glowing panels. Car, lower the internal lights, I ordered. You got it, Mr. Raff. Lowering internal lights. Now I could see it. A group of at least six or seven people stood in the middle of the road a hundred feet or so ahead of us. I gritted my teeth. Shit, I'd heard about this kind of operation, but I'd never heard of it happening this far into the financial district. I slowly unbuckled my seatbelt and kneeled on the floor, positioning myself behind the empty driver's seat. Car, beep the horn, I said calmly. Maybe the surprise would give us a chance to get away. Oh man, I'm so sorry. I can't make any sounds with the horn right now. Seriously? Beep the damn horn already, I shouted. I felt like punching whoever had designed this driverless car's damn disposition. Oh, again. So, so totally sorry, but I cannot beep the horn after 10 p.m. in an area with residential buildings. Don't sweat it, though, my friend. There's just a little obstruction up ahead. As soon as it clears, we'll keep heading for Pack Heights. So, tell me, are you on your way there to see a friend or something? That sounds like fun. Little obstruction. I almost laughed at the absurdity. 
then peered into the darkness ahead. From what I could tell, the group hadn't moved. Car, I asked, can we turn around? No can do, boss. This is a one-way street. We'll be moving really soon, though. Hey, do you want to hear tonight's basketball scores? Or, I know, listen to some tunes, maybe? There was another flash of movement from the left, and the car shook violently. I saw a brick bounce and roll away from the car. I heard a voice shouting about hurrying up. A hand slapped the windshield. Another voice yelled incoherently for a while, until I thought I could make out someone shouting. Watch this. I flung myself against the right-hand side door in case another brick actually made it through. I thought about trying to get out, but figured that would just put me right into the middle of the action. Another brick clattered onto the window, this time with a hand accompanying it. The glass began to crack. Whack, whack, whack. The window finally shattered, and glass showered over me. Two arms reached into the car and grabbed at my legs. Both of my shoes were pulled off. I kicked with everything I had and caught a chin. A male voice cried out in pain and his grip loosened. There was another angry growl in front of the car. More footsteps came closer. I could hear a metal pole being dragged along the road. Then I saw an almighty swinging motion toward the front windshield. I put my hands over my head to avoid another showering of glass. Hey, man, might be time to fasten your seatbelt now, okay? I toppled over as the car burst back into life. The electric engine screamed as the car accelerated. It swerved to miss a diving figure ahead, driving up onto the sidewalk, then turned sharply left and started racing up toward Knob Hill. I pulled myself onto the back seat and tried to catch my breath. I guess the algorithm had eventually decided the risk of leaving outweighed the risk of staying. I looked out the rear windshield, but all I could see now was an empty street fast disappearing behind us. Yikes, I'm glad that's over, right? And Mr. Raff, I just have to say, No Driver LLC sincerely apologizes for the earlier incident. Your safety is always our top priority. I've notified SFPD. Want me to pull over and wait for them? Their automated responder estimates they'll be here in just 97 minutes. Pathetic. As usual these days, I wasn't going to wait by the side of the road for five minutes, let alone 97. Truth be told, I didn't want to have to deal with the hassle either. Just take me where I'm going and deal with it from there, I barked. I had to sit on my hands to stop them from shaking. You got it. Oh, and I do have some good news. Because of that annoying delay earlier, this ride is now going to be a half-price special. I had a distinct feeling that this wasn't the first time a no-driver car had dealt with something like this. I knew Lester Ryan, the CEO. He'd probably be more annoyed at having a car off the road getting repaired than the damn attack. We rolled on toward Pacific Heights, and the car eventually dropped me at the corner of Jackson and Steiner. I was out of the thing as soon as it stopped. This city always had its ways to get to me. This would just go down as another incident to add to all the others over the years. I resolved to consider it a lucky escape 
and to try to forget about it. I watched the car disappear into the night and took a moment to collect my thoughts. I sucked in a few deep breaths and leaned against the wall at the edge of Alta Plaza Park. I must have been a sight, standing shoeless in the middle of the night, tiny flecks of glass all over me, flickering like rhinestones under the street lamp. I stared up at Keo's building. The thing felt so out of place, a gothic 12-story co-op that dwarfed the older mansions of Pacific Heights. It was the perfect building for Keo, though. If Jamin, like his tower, was brash and showy, then Keo, like this building, was refined and elegant. She had an understated yet incomparable style. I could still remember the day she had purchased the entire top floor with an unsolicited all-cash offer that the longtime owner simply couldn't refuse. The owner had been some old-money political crony, too, one of the city's big-time Democratic wheeler dealers. I wondered if Keogh appreciated the particular irony of that, now given the Algo campaign. It was 3 a.m., but the lights in Keogh's place were still on. No surprise there. She'd always said her best ideas came to her when everyone else was asleep, even in our busiest days at Lara Lee. She'd work through the night, get just a few hours sleep, and then somehow be ready and firing for a board or investor meeting bright and early. A realization hit me. When she'd first moved in here, she'd still been at Lara Lee. Then, just a couple of months after that, she was pushed out. I couldn't believe she'd stayed in the city. She'd always been stronger than me, but it must have been hell to gaze out from any window of her condo and see some sign of the company staring back at her. The Laura Lee Tower, the Lara Lee Pyramid, Laura Lee Park, and any of the other myriad buildings and spaces Jamin had bought up and plastered the company logo on. I crossed the street and the doors to her building swung open. An image of a virtual doorman flashed up on a screen behind a vacant desk. Oh, Mr. Isaac Graff. Miss Lee said you might be coming. I didn't think it'd be this late, though. Either way, sir, she's expecting you. Head right on up. It's good to see you again. It politely made no mention of my missing footwear. The elevator ride up seemed to take an age. I didn't feel nervous so much as I felt mildly ashamed. The faux doorman was right. It had been a long time. Longer than it should have been and I felt like I was to blame for that. The elevator doors breezed open, and there she was. Kyo Lee. You've been listening to part six of Algo 2032, a story of the year AI runs for president. This series is written by Keir Newton and produced by Rotten Little Nerds. All the voices are voiced by AI itself, they are either fully digital or cloned voices via Play.ht. Given the nature of this story, it felt fitting to have AI voice the characters. Original music is AI generated via SoundRaw.io. Please join us next time for part 7 of our story. Keo. I mean, consider what Tio said. 
The most contrarian thing of all that Algo could do, of course, would be to think for itself.